0: Welcome to the New York State Bar Association's Miranda Warnings, where we debate, discuss, and dive into law-related issues important to all of us. I'm Dave Miranda, past president of the New York State Bar Association and partner at the intellectual property law firm of Heslin, Rothenberg Farley & Massey. This week on Miranda Warnings, we're with Danielle Ponder, an attorney from Rochester and a widely acclaimed singer. Welcome, Danielle.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Danielle, it's really exciting to have you on Miranda Warnings. Uh, I know that you're a former Monroe County public defender, and mm-hmm. uh, as uh, a public defender, you, you, you were a voice for those who can't afford to defend themselves, but you mm-hmm. also uh, write and perform songs about injustice. How did your work as a public defender uh, inspire your music?
1: So I think that uh, my work as a public defender was so heavy and really um, stressful work. I always say I could not be a public defender if I didn't have music. Um, so really being able to be on the stage on the weekend, it gave me a place to kind of express some of the things that I saw happening in court. Um, it allowed me to tell the stories beyond the courtroom, right, to bring those stories to the stage. Um, and so it just, it was therapeutic for me. Um, it was a, the stage was a place that I could always go and release um, some of the things that I witnessed while uh, being in the criminal justice system. Um, so it it gave me content <laughs> to write about, but most importantly, um, music allowed me to really heal some of the um, things that I experienced while in court.
0: And what has been the response to to uh, the songs that you've written uh, and performed uh, about uh, the criminal justice system and uh, injustice in our society?
1: I mean, for the most part, I get a really um, great response one thing I realize is most people don't actually know what's happening inside of our courtrooms. So when I would talk um, about, you know, injustices in the criminal justice system, people would be shocked. You know, I before I do um, my song Criminalized, I would talk about my one client who spent the night in jail because he didn't have a bell on his bike. Most people who are not within our court system are shocked at that, right? So, I just, I learned that, you know, we have to continue to share these stories, continue to share these voices, because most of the public, they don't know what's happening in court. But also, um, there have been times where it wasn't received well, um, because inevitably, if you're talking about the criminal justice system, you're going to, at some point, talk about race. Um, and I think I, I've been in audiences where that was not It wasn't comfortable for some people to speak about race. Um, So I've had moments where people did not receive it. But for the most part, people would come up to me afterwards. They wanted to know more. They wanted to know how they could help. They wanted to know who could they donate to. Um, So I think the majority of the community is open to change when they hear these stories.
0: So you mentioned your song Criminalized. And Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to play... A little bit of that, and then uh, we'll talk about it a little bit. So, so tell us how "Criminalized" uh, came to be. What was the inspiration for this song?
1: You know, I actually wrote "Criminalized" when I was in law school. Um, I was doing an internship at uh, an organization called Teen Empowerment. And I remember watching this young kid walking down the street. He looked about 16. um, And I saw three officers pull him over or or approach him. Um, And I'm watching from a window inside the building. And I watch as they make him take his shoes off. They go into his pocket. Basically, they stop and frisk him. Um, They don't find anything. I don't know why they were stopping him to begin with. And then he walked away. And I just thought about how many times growing up I have seen that scene, because I grew up in the inner city of Rochester, how many times my brothers have been stopped, have been harassed, Um, and uh, so I guess I knew these things were happening, but some of the language you hear in Criminalized comes from being in law school, right? So there's a line where I say they got probable cause, reasonable suspicion, I probably wouldn't have said that if not for being in law school.
0: <laughs> right. And, and, um, and only a only a law student would rhyme reasonable suspicion with corrupt jurisdiction. Right? <laughs> yeah, Who else would do that? Exactly. <laughs> right, right. So but there, you know there's a powerful message uh in criminalize and and you mentioned, you know, what you had witnessed as you were looking out the window when when someone uh, apparently was detained. And there's, you know, a couple of lines where you talk about uh, being treated as an equal, uh, that there's only so much the bucket can take before the bucket fills mm-hmm. and the bottom breaks. And mm-hmm. that's such a powerful message that, you know, we've been hearing about in in many communities uh, over the last few years.
1: hmm we had a local Black Lives Matter protest in Rochester. Oh, okay. So there is a clip in the beginning. The um, person who made the video put a clip of some protesters in Ferguson, but most of that footage is from Rochester, New York. Um, and so to perform for those activists and for these folks who were putting so much on the line to join this movement, um it was awesome, like that. I love performing for people who are giving so much and sacrificing so much um and I hope like that the music will encourage them and kind of give them strength to keep going forward um but it was yeah, it was a great experience to be to perform that at that protest.
0: well, obviously, you know the issues that we saw in Ferguson are issues that we're seeing around the country, and I think mm-hmm. the you know the song criminalized certainly. Uh, speaks to uh, to many people. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your album, uh, mm-hmm. Blow Out the Sun, which mm-hmm. uh, you've described as being about songs of personal empowerment and liberation. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, that album and, and how that came together.
1: So... I I think whenever I write, I'm typically writing to encourage and to empower. I don't know why, but that has always been like how I write. And it's also, I'm writing for myself as well. Um, So the title track, Blow Out the Sun, is about female empowerment. And so it's not because I walk around super confident all the time, but it's because I needed a song like that. So I write the songs that I need. I write the songs that I want to hear, Um, and I really always want to be uplifted. I want to be encouraged, and I want to do that for myself, but I want to do that for other people as well. Um, So I I always say, like, I'm obsessed with love. I'm either either writing about loving yourself or loving others, and I think the loving others part is justice, right? When we truly love other folks, we want to see them equal we don't want them to suffer from oppression um so that's the theme of that album is just love
0: well um i really love the title track blow out the sun and we're going to play a a little bit of uh, the title track from the album blow out the sun i
1: can blow out the sun stop the wind with my hand When you'll think I'm here, darling I'll be gone. I'm a bowl of fire, I'm a woman. She's got the power in her wall. The way she moves, the way she talks. She's got the power in
0: her head. So tell us, Danielle, what does what does blow out the sun mean? What's the meaning of that phrase?
1: <laughs> you know what? It comes from the There's a Nina Simone song where she said, Nina Simone is my favorite artist of all time. Um, And she says, you don't have to blow out the sun for me. Um, But for me, it became a different meaning attached. There was a different meaning attached to it. um, And that if you can think of something with so much power that it it could actually blow out the sun. So it's really about how powerful we are, that title track. About how powerful we are as women. Um, and so in that song, nothing encapsulated that, that as much as blow out the sun. <laughs> I was just like, to me, that says power. I can blow out the sun.
0: Well, it's uh, it's certainly very meaningful. Your, your voice is just amazing on that song. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. It's really it's really a very moving song, and um, I'm I'm so very pleased that we're able to to play a little bit uh, of it for our listeners. Um, do you have any other albums coming up?
1: I'm working on a new album. I just left the studio. I'm almost done, and I think by September first. I'll have a full-length 11-track album. It's been a long time coming.
0: And and what can we expect on on the, the upcoming album?
1: Oh, man. I am much more comfortable in the studio. Um, I'm working with more producers. I think it's going to be a really creative and just... I think the music is going to be phenomenal. I really hope it is. Um, but also... Of course, there are songs about the justice system criminalized. It will be officially recorded, which Mm. it right now does not exist in a studio version. Um, So a lot of, once again, empowering songs, Um, some songs where I am a little bit more a little bit more personal. Um, But I'm really excited about the production. So it really just has a great production to it and i think people are going to really enjoy
0: it that's great uh, does the new album have a name yet or are we still waiting
1: um no i don't have a name i okay. keep going back and forth in my head i don't know
0: <laughs> and, oh, miranda warnings is a nice name
1: you know what that's a good one <laughs>
0: <laughs> so danielle in in 2017 you created and performed uh, a multimedia show Called for the love of justice. Can you tell us about that show and and why it's so meaningful to you?
1: You know, I wanted to do something that really allowed me because at our typical shows, you know, yes, we do criminalize, we do we live and then we do a bunch of other songs. And sometimes we do fun dancing covers, right? I really wanted to do a show that allowed me to focus in on the message. Um, and I wanted to have visuals um, so that I'm bringing the stories of folks to the stage as well. Um, so in this show, we have some visuals from folks like Mike Brown and Tamir Rice, and we just bring the faces and the names to the stage. Um, and then I speak about at, at greater length than I would at a typically show, a typical show about my experience as a public defender. Um, so I just wanted to like wrap the audience in a message. Like I wanted it to be solely the purpose of this show is to kind of expose, but also inspire folks to create change. Um, and so it's it's different than when I'm like playing at a bar or playing at a concert venue. Uh, this This show happens in a seated venue. Usually a theater, um, and people are there to really listen, um, and I, it's just been really a powerful experience.
0: What was uh, what was the response that you received from from the audience uh, to this show?
1: You know, it was it was awesome. I mean, people were in tears. Um, one story that I'll never forget, or one thing I'll never forget, um, I have a friend, his father was concerned about coming to the show. He said, I don't want to come to this show and hear Danielle just talk about black this, black that. (laughs) You know, he just was feeling like, oh, it's going to be divisive and, and whatnot. And he told me that after the show, his father said to him, that show was for everyone. And that meant so much to me because I think when I talk about race and when I talk about racial injustices, I want people to see how we are all connected and harm to one harms us as well. Like, I just really, that was an amazing moment for me because I'm like, yes, that's what I want people to walk away with, feeling that because we are inter- interdependent, we cannot afford for half of us or 10% of us or whatever to be oppressed, right? right? We will all do well when our brothers and sisters, whether different race, different gender, different sexual orientation are also doing well. Um, so I wanted at the end for people to vi- feel connected to each other. Um, and I, I have had, <laughs> you know, the last show, two people walked out and, At first, I was like, oh, man, maybe I should modify some things. Maybe I shouldn't say the part where I say I'm sick of cops. (laughs) I had to just recognize that, you know, my job as an artist is not to make people comfortable. You know, it's to really make people think. So I can guarantee you those people were thinking, even if they walked out. Um, So I have to be true to my voice and true to my message. Um, It gets hard sometimes, but... I can't be swayed by people being uncomfortable.
0: Right, we're gonna we're gonna play a little bit of your performance uh, at uh, for the love of justice here, so uh, our listeners can have a little bit of an idea of of what you're you're doing here.
1: We live.
0: Now, do you have any plans for uh, another performance uh, like For the Love of Justice?
1: Um, you know, I hope to do it this com- upcoming fall and spring in universities. I did a couple universities in Canada, um, but my hope would be really to tour this in schools, even law schools. Um, so that that's on my agenda for this upcoming year.
0: Y- you said before that, One of your musical influences was uh, Nina Simone. Um, Mm. What other uh, musical influences did you have?
1: Man, I really love the blues. When I first started singing, you won't believe it, but Susan Tedeschi, this white blues singer, (laughs) she sung this song and I just was like, oh my God, I want my voice to sound like that. And then I started researching Big Mama Thornton, Coco Taylor. um, And all of these blues singers just gave me goosebumps. And, you know, when I was growing up in the 90s, everyone was sounding really pretty. Like it was pretty R&B time. But I wanted to sound really gritty and really like a blues singer. Um, So, yeah, Coco Taylor, Big Mama Thornton, Susan Tedeschi. They really influenced me vocally. Aretha Franklin, of course. Um, So those are the people I really admire.
0: And how would you describe your style of of singing and uh, music? Uh, Is there a way to to, um, categorize it?
1: You know, someone said Soul Revolution, and I really like that. And it kind of stuck with me. Soul Revolution. Um, You know, that's a good name.
0: That's a good name for an album. (laughs)
1: That's true. That's a good <laughs> one. But because it, it's definitely soul music, soul music with a message and um, a, a message about your own personal liberation or about, you know, uh, ending oppression of others. And so it, it, I want it to be revolutionary in some sense. Um, and it's not revolutionary where the sound is something you've never heard before, but also that, but revolutionary in that it creates some change in the listener. Like, that's what I really want to do is help people, you know, have a better, you know, tomorrow, right? Like my father's a pastor and after church, people would come up to him and say, oh, pastor, this message was for me. I'm telling you, I needed to hear that. And now at my concerts, I get the same thing, right? This message was for me. And I really do feel like that's my purpose, and I hope I can continue to do that, is to really leave people better than they came, you know?
0: Right. Now, you you decided to uh, pursue a career in the law. You went to Northeastern Law School, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what brought you to go to the law? We talked about your musical infer- influences. What were your, you know, legal influences?
1: Um, My... Uh, brother was sentenced to 20 years to life when I was 16. And I did not have an understanding of why he got such a lengthy sentence then. It was for a robbery. Um, but later on, I learned that it was because of mandatory minimums. Mm. Um, so I became interested in criminal justice policy um, or sentencing policy. Um, and I wanted to go to law school initially because I wanted to work in um, criminal justice reform, um, because the the issue of mandatory minimum minimums or bail or different policies, I knew they, they needed to be changed, right, if we wanted to have fairness within the system. So that's what inspired me initially to go to law school, is to work on reforming our system.
0: And I saw in some of your background materials that you – also performed at least one time in Attica prison. Is that right? I did. Yeah. And (laughs) what were, what were the circumstances uh, surrounding that performance?
1: So my brother was in Attica for his sentence. Um, He had an organization in there. I can't remember the name, but he got permission for us to come up and perform. Um, So he was just like, Oh, you know, they're a really uplifting group. (laughs) And, they allowed us to come in and it was hands down the best performance I've ever had, Um, you know, from Europe to, you know, the U.S. Attica State Prison was the most impactful for me.
0: Good acoustics in Attica? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were outside. Okay. I think we had a rinky dinky PA system. Um Nothing glamorous about it, but it was really... One, we were playing for some people who hadn't heard a live band in decades, mm. right? Um, so that alone was just awesome. Uh, but also we were able to bring some of the men on stage to perform with us. So there was a man who was there for about 40 years who played the saxophone. And just to, you know, interact with them in that way. Um, and just to see the guards and the incarcerated men clapping on the same beat was just, I'll never forget that moment. You know, at, at for one moment, it was like they all just were people enjoying music.
0: Right. And music it certainly has the ability to bring people together mm-hmm. uh, from different backgrounds to enjoy, you know, the same thing. And when we can do that, obviously, we're all going to be in a better place. Mm-hmm. So... What, what, do you have any any sort of uh, performances coming up uh, that uh, we might be able to to catch you in?
1: So I'll be performing at in Saranac Lake, um, June twentieth at a place called the Waterhole, and June twenty second I'll be in Naples, New York, which is absolutely gorgeous. If you live in upstate, you should make that drive to Naples. Um, but also.
0: Maples is what, just a little uh, south of Rochester?
1: Right? Yes, yeah, about an hour south of Rochester. But my um, tour schedule for the summer is on my website, danielleponder.com. Great.
0: Now, uh, you've performed... Both uh you've performed actually substantially in in Western New York, but also around the world. Who are some of the who are some of the people we might have heard of that you've uh had an opportunity to work with or open up for when you've been performing?
1: Oh wow. I um opened up for Child Legend, The Roots, but probably what topped it is George Clinton. Um so opening up for the funk master himself was just like crazy. And he got to see us perform, and he said, "Girl, you sang the chrome off that mic." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my God, can you like write that on my arm and sign it so I can tell people um, so just getting his kind of you know, you guys are good, you guys are awesome meant a lot. so yeah
0: well, that must have been that must have been great. Where was that performance? Uh... that was
1: in that was in Rochester. Um, at a
0: uh, event we have called "Party in the Park." That's great. Um, so, uh, Danielle Ponder, I want to thank you for being with us on Miranda Warnings. We have a feature on Miranda Warnings called "Music Book or Movie," where mm-hmm. you could talk about any sort of artistic artistic performance. Usually, we're not talking about artistic performance the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, is there, is there anything, either a song or a performance that is meaningful to you that you'd like to share with our audience?
1: A song or a performance? I would say Nina Simone, cause she's my favorite. Um, it, there's so many, 10 of them just came into my head, but, um. I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. I think that is a beautiful song. Um, it really reminds us the importance of empathy. And um, it's just a great song.
0: Nita Simone, I wish I knew how to be free. Um, that's great. Uh, thank you. Danielle Ponder, thank you very much thank for being so with much. us. Thank
1: you so much. It was nice to chat with you.
0: Nice uh, talking to you, and I hope to uh, hope to hear more of you.
1: All right. I hope so. <laughs>
0: Great. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Miranda Warnings. I encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe to Miranda Warnings, a NISBA podcast, available on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.